Welcome to the Simple Walk Podcast. We're Craig and Diane Brown. Psalm 1 provides a plumb line for everyone and lays out two contrasting choices we can make in life. This little chapter has a lot to say. Let's get started breaking it down. So I'm just going to start out reading verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. That is a great passage. You know, we love this because it kind of sure does in this day and age let us know what God really desires of us and how we should walk. We're in a constant battle, it seems like, for the mind. And uh, it's always important to remember this is the enemy's territory. So God's wanting to do in us, he's wanting to raise up and become mighty in us. And he gives us some tremendous keys here. When it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now that word blessed, it means happy is the man, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it also means contented, joyful, carefree, untroubled, so this man who's doing the right thing right. is happy and carefree and untroubled. Yes, exactly. We might face troubles. Well, we do. But we can have that peace amidst the troubles. Yes, and this will go right on to explain what that's kind of talking about. But exactly right. We are in the midst of, of all of the things that are coming against us and all of life. You know, contention doesn't mean, I mean, it's not a bad thing. You know, we just have to press in and we have to just maintain our focus on what's going on. But let's let's look at this. When it says, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So who walks not, who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And that word counsel means plan or purpose of the ungodly. So that we maintain our focus that we're on God's side. We're doing what's right. We're, we're living for him. He's, we're allowing his presence to live through us. So we don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or the purpose or the plan of the ungodly. The plan of the ungodly is anti-truth, right? We see that happening in our culture. All around us. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So, and my heart really goes out to young people, you know, because in colleges, they're being so inundated with all of these, these ungodly plans, these ungodly doctrines that they're trying to bring upon um, young minds. I really agree with godlessness, that. And when excuse you, me. when you think about young people in college, I mean, their brains are still forming. <laughs> So it's true. They're, you know, if they don't have a good solid foundation, it's easy for them to get swayed. It's very true. It's it becomes a herd mentality where they're trying to just they're trying to inform and they're trying to misinform a whole culture of people into believing a system that is not based in truth, not based in righteousness and godliness. So let's go on. And it says the word, and ungodly means morally wrong or there is a bad intent, you know. So anyone who has an intent that is not God, they're trying to inflict their purpose upon you, their plan, their agenda that's not a godly agenda, that's not a good a good person. They have a, an intent behind their what they're doing. So then it says, nor stands in the path of sinners. And that stands in the path means in the conversation, in the customs, 
of the ungodly, or nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So you're not going to stand in the path of sinners, and the sinners are people that are working, they're just not doing God's will, right? So when Jesus was sitting, having a meal with people who were considered sinners, and the Pharisees chastised him for eating with these people, Jesus said, I didn't come to save the righteous. I came to save the sinners. So how does this in Psalm 1-1, nor stands in the path of, this, of, this, of sinners, how, do, how does that fit in with what Jesus said? Well, he's talking about, when you say the word stands, when it says the word stands, it means it's positioning himself. You're, you're in the path, right? Nor stands in the path. You're not in that path. Your agenda, your path that we walk in, in Christ, and when you're raised up and you know the truth inside of you, the path that you want to stay on is the path of keeping your eyes focused on the Lord. And that's what this is talking about, nor sits in the seats of the, of the scornful. Now, that word scornful is a terrible word because it, it's kind of a, it's contempt against the righteousness of God. Mm. And we see that just, it's a, it's a really gnarly spirit that's working against us. I mean, there's contempt against righteousness in our country. It's really gotten a foothold and it's really moving. It is, there's a contempt and they call it this woke mentality that if you don't agree with their position, then they have contempt against you. And so we see that spirit really at the forefront in our culture. And so the problem is that so many people are so committed to their ideology that they don't care what the evidence says, they will not change their position. No matter what the evidence says, they will not change their position. And so there is contempt against right and truth. And so in Ephesians chapter 2, it talks about those people. And it says, we once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So this contempt, this disobedient nature is running rampant in the world. It's his world, right? The enemy has hold of this world. He's got a hold of everybody. And But Christ has come, and he's risen from the dead. He's conquered the flesh. He's conquered this, this where we are no longer under enslaved to the power of this principality that works over the sons of disobedience. We don't have to be a part of that anymore. We're set free from that in Christ. And so that's where it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Let's look at that for a second. This is an Old Testament book, right? And so the law of the Lord, what does that mean concerning us? Because Jesus says he came to fulfill the law, not one jot or tittle, he said, which means like cross your T's and dot your I's. There's not one thing that was not fulfilled when Jesus came. And so Jesus fulfilled the law. And so he did that by conquering the flesh. And so let's look at Romans 8, I believe, verse 2, if we could. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So it's made us free from the law, law of sin and death. And the law of Christ Jesus, let's examine what that looks like. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 11, and it says, 
that the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And it's talking about Jesus. And it says, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So these are the what the character traits of Jesus were. So what we should be meditating on is blessed as the man or happy as a man who doesn't walk in the way of the world. Let's just uh, we'll kind of paraphrase this. Walks in the law of God. What does it say? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. So the character traits of Jesus are wisdom and understanding. This is Isaiah 11, verse 2. Wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge, and a great reverence for God Mm -hmm. and the fear of the Lord. See, these are what he desires of us. So in the real world, in the world where God wants us to operate and be great at our business, be great at our conversation with one another, he wants us to be full of his Holy Spirit because what Christ had and brought to the earth is what we have available to us now through his shed blood. He conquered the the enemy and he conquered our flesh. So now we can have his Holy Spirit, the same spirit that was in him when he walked the earth, the, the Holy Spirit now can live inside of us and we can have wisdom in all that we do. We can have understanding in all that we do. We can have counsel when it comes time to dealing with people and helping people. We can have his counsel and we can have his might and his courage to stand up for righteousness and truth. And we can have his knowledge. So think of all these wonderful traits that we have available to us as we surrender to him and we surrender to his Holy Spirit leading us and giving us wisdom in the moment and you know, causing us to be full of his presence as we're walking through life. If you're going to school or if you're doing whatever you're doing, you have all of this available to you. So the positive is that you have the very essence of life available to us in Christ Jesus. And so it says, that's why you will be blessed. That's why you will have peace. That's why you'll be happy. You'll be contented, you know, and joyful and carefree and untroubled because you know you have at your fingertips the resources of God Almighty. And through his Holy Spirit, you can bring life to those around you. Then it says, and could you go on and maybe read in verse 3 in Mm -hmm. Psalm? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I love that. And that's what we were talking about right there, that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, you know, a tree, that's a really cool picture because it was talking about meditating just prior to that, right? And he shall be, uh, excuse me, in verse in verse two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night, which means that God has become his source. So think of a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, and it's in reference to the water that flows from the throne of God. Revelation 22, and there was the river of water of life that flows from the throne of God. So this water, you're planted by there. Your roots go down. He's planted And I love how it says that, planted. He shall be like a tree planted. He has planted there. We have to, in ourself, plant ourself in next to the water of life to where that is our source. Because what happens is as we start 
letting our roots, the roots of our character, the roots of our life go deep into the soil, what happens is that we, roots, what do they do? They're always going to draw from the water source. That's where they get their nutrient. That's where they, the riches of the water that are, that are there, it causes the nutrients of the soil. Everything becomes alive. So you have, we begin to be transformed into this place. And so let's go on and see. Well, the next part of that says, whose leaf also shall not wither, hmm. and whatever he does shall prosper. So if they're, if you're planted by the water, you're not going to face drought. That's right. The drought that would make your leaves wither. What a cool picture, huh? Mm-hmm. So it's just as, as, as people, as human beings, that we have the privilege of knowing Jesus and knowing God through his Holy Spirit. This is just an awesome picture that, that we have. So let's go on. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. One thing to always remember is that God is holy. That's why through Jesus Christ, he's asked of us to be holy. Mm-hmm. Be holy as I am holy, he says, mm-hmm. and for I am holy. And so when when he's asking with us, because he cannot have unholiness in his presence. He can't have impurity. Which is really difficult for us in our human minds to grasp. It really that. is. Mm-hmm. You're saying because that we are human beings and we're flawed. Yes. And so it's when it says be holy, everything has to do with Jesus and his blood. It is through the blood of Jesus. It is through this committing ourselves to him completely that we are able then to come in under the blood of Jesus, which conquered all sin. It has given us the ability to be washed clean, washed whiter than snow, as far as the east is from the west. Which then gives us the ability to be in God's presence because of Jesus. Because of Jesus and his shed blood. That's what the whole thing is, that he conquered the flesh, right? Remember when Jesus died, and it says that the veil was rent, is how it puts it, was rent from top to bottom. Or ripped. Ripped, yes, Mm -hmm. torn, yes. Yes. And so it was torn from top to bottom. And it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20, it says that the flesh was the veil. So Jesus, when he conquered the flesh, what happened was he made a way because he conquered our flesh. Our flesh is what separated us from God. And so when he, the veil was ripped, the veil separated man in the Old Testament from God. Man couldn't go through the veil because the veil was stopping man from being able to get to the Holy of Holies. That's where God dwells, is in the holy place, in the Holy of Holies. And so there is now, through Jesus, through his shed blood, he conquered the flesh. The veil was ripped in two, and now we have access to the throne of God. Now we can come into the throne of God. And what happens is, because of that, he, the Bible says that he cleanses us by his shed blood. He washes our conscience clean so that now we can stand before him holy in his sight. If we come to him and worship him and surrender our life to him, then we become holy in his sight. And so he looks at our heart and our our intent 
The Bible says God knows the heart. He, ser- he alone searches the heart, and he tests the mind to give every one of us according to the fruit of our doings and according to the fruit of our ways. When we're sincere in our heart before him and we love him, then he looks at us and he just sees us as his children, and he imparts his grace and his mercy to us and his love. And our responsibility to be able to be in that place goes back to the first part of Psalm 1. We need to be meditating day and night. We need to be walking in his counsel. Yes, exactly. And not one foot in and one foot out. Nope. It has to be all in. It's true. And you're right, Diane. That is exactly the key. That's the the whole purpose of his sacrifice, of Jesus coming to the earth and laying down his life, was so that we could now know and be his brothers and sisters so that we could know the Father through him. He laid down his life for us. Now let's lay down our life for him. So that final verse is verse 6 in Psalm 1. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's like pretty cut and dry. It really is. And you can't get much more final than that, right? Right. I mean, and absolutes, you know, the word of the Lord shall endure forever. So Mm -hmm. not anything within his word will be undone. This will all come to pass. So know in your heart um, that Jesus loves you so much. He loves each one of us so very, very much. And he has made a way for us to walk in victory through his word. Get into his word. Study his word. Chew on it. Meditate on it. And learn the depths of his love. The more you fall in love, the more you learn, the more you fall in love with Jesus. And surrender to him. And let his light shine through you. And he will give you strength in every single circumstance every single day. Not one. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always be here with you. And it's just a a great place to be. And we love you so much. This is a great chapter, a great insight into the love that he has for each one of us and how we should conduct ourselves and how we should really work hard at keeping ourselves set apart for his glory. And that is the most important thing of all. God bless you so much. And we will see you on the next episode. 